This is the podcast for Woodland Presbyterian Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. We hope you enjoy the message, and if you'd like to learn more about our church, look us up at woodlandpres.org. Thanks so much. May the Lord bless you. Christmas season during Advent, uh, what we've been doing is looking at Jesus' family, right? We've realized that as we spend time together with family, that often our family dynamics are challenging and difficult, harder than even to light a candle. Uh, It is. There we go. Come on. And sometimes when you get together with family for Thanksgiving or with Christmas, all of the difficult dynamics that you've had in your life come back to, to remind you. And, and with some, one of the things that we've drawn comfort from this year is as we've looked at Jesus' genealogy in the Gospel of Matthew, we see that there are all different kinds of people in Jesus' family, right? Does anyone remember any of the characters that we've lifted up? Anyone remember? We looked at the situation with David and Bathsheba. Right? That was unspeakable uh, betrayal. There was a, a great betrayal that took place in, in, uh, in Jesus' family way back then. Uh, we looked at another character in the story was an unsavory ancestor. That was, that was Rahab, right? Remember Rahab, whose uh, profession, the oldest profession, kind of jumps out to us. And yet she's a, she ends up being a, a woman with great faith who makes this wonderful and beautiful pronouncement about uh, the God who rules over the, over the universe. We also, um, we looked at unfit fathers, and we considered the life of Ahaz, who was a wicked king, and how uh, his life and testimony was that of disobedience and unfaithfulness, and yet even within uh, fathers who are not walking in faith, and they're, they're not loving God, God still can use those fathers, and he can still bring uh, his glory to bear from their lives, and even from their descendants. And uh, so this morning, I wanted to just take a look at an, another, uh, another family uh, in Jesus' family, obviously one that's familiar to us, especially in this time of year, Mary and Joseph and their unexpected trial. Uh, here they, they face something that is not anticipated in their lives, and so we just get a glimpse of what it looks like to see that God often works in families in unexpected ways. So I just invite you, if you're able, to uh, to stand with me for the reading of God's Word, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is the Word of God. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, And unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, 
but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Lord, thank you for your word and this reminder, uh, another reminder that so often that you are working in the difficult family relationships that we experience. Uh, None of us come from perfect families, uh, but yet, God, you have brought out perfection from a family. And so we pray that as we learn, as we listen to your word, that you would be speaking to us and that we would be hearing from you. And that not only as we learn from you, but that we would be able to apply what it is you're saying so that you'd bring healing and hope and grace in our family and through our family uh, for your sake and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, one of our family traditions at Christmas time is to uh, watch different Christmas movies. And one, one of the movies that we really love to watch is A Christmas Story. Uh, it's, the, it's a story, if you've not seen it, it's uh, about a little boy named Ralphie who's played by Peter Billingsley. And he really wants a, a carbine action BB gun. And the whole film is about him asking and figuring out how he can possibly go about getting this, this BB gun. Of course, the, the main refrain from all of the adults, including Santa Claus, when he says, I want this BB gun, is you'll shoot your eye out. And at the end of the movie, if you haven't seen it, it came out in 1983, sorry, spoiler alert, he does, in fact, shoot his eye out. Not, not literally, but he does. So, but it's this great story. We love watching all the funny characters and everything in it. And uh, the dad, I, I love the dad. He's just uh, a nut. And uh, there's this scene at the very end of the film where, you know, it's kind of like the Christmas is over. Like all the buildup has taken place, all of the energy, all the planning, and everything has been done. The, the kids, the boys are playing with their toys and they're tired. The turkey's being prepared and they're just kind of taking a little bit of a break before they have their last Christmas meal. Everything. It's just like, ah, oh, the movie's kind of come to a close. You just got a sense of, of relief. It all worked out in the end. And he's, the dad is sitting down, you know, with his newspaper reading. And then the unexpected happens. The neighbor's dogs, the bumpus dogs, come storming into the house. And they, they snatch the delicious turkey that's sitting on the table and just smash up the entire kitchen and the turkey falls on the ground and it's taken out by the big uh, bumpus dogs and all that's left is one wing of the turkey and the dad's <laughs> the unexpected happened the worst of the worst right your 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 christmas meal that everything that you had planned for all the fixings everything's ready it's there and so what happens is they're we're going out And they go out and get Chinese food, and there's a duck, and there's great singing, and the duck gets its head cut off in a perfect way. They formed a new tradition for their Christmas. And I just think about that reality of the unexpected that happens to us. Just when you think that everything is going as planned, or you've come to a place of rest, or you've come to a place of refreshment, and you go, okay, we're finally here. Then something calamitous happens. Something breaks down. Something goes in an unplanned way that you just cannot even anticipate. And isn't life like that all the time? We think, hey, everything's going along as planned. And then the plan changes. Our plan changes. Your plan changes. And we think about this story of Mary and Joseph. And it's an unexpected trial that they also uh, experience. 
You know, when Brandy was, uh, was pregnant for the first time with Arden, someone got her a book, uh, What to Expect When You're Expecting, right? Because there have been so many pregnancies since time began that they can say, well, in week one, this is happening. In week two, this is happening. In week 37, this is happening. All these things that you can expect to happen. But as you know, the unexpected can happen, right? So we're praying for uh, Chance and Paige and because she was going to deliver in January, but has had some unexpected things happen as she's expecting. So we're praying that God's going to be with them for a healthy delivery. But unexpected things happen to us all the time. Sometimes a relationship that's really important to us uh, is in a difficult position. It maybe even comes to an end. Maybe we have a child in our family that is struggling and not doing well. Maybe uh, the job that we had looked forward to getting is not what we had wanted it to be. And so we see that in life, the unexpected happens. And we see in Mary and Joseph's life, the unexpected happens. Uh, the, The scriptures say, before they came together, They were betrothed, which was this uh, promise of marriage. It was as though they were married, but the marriage had not been fully consummated yet. It says, before they came together, she was found with child from the Holy Spirit. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the reason that we've we've done all the things that we've done in this last uh, season. It could have been two weeks For some of you, it's been six, maybe eight weeks of preparation, of anticipation, of excitement about what's going to take place. The the, the reality that the God of the universe descended in this beautiful way to allow a young girl, Mary, to become pregnant with the Holy Spirit, that Jesus enters in to this family. That's what we celebrate with all the things that we have to do and all of the plans and all of the the broken turkeys that end up not working out just the right way. Everything has been about this statement. She was found to be with child with the Holy Spirit. It's a it's a miraculous pregnancy. It's it's a virgin birth. It's the it's the story of Jesus's lineage all the way down through all of his forefathers, all of the brokenness, all of the struggle, all of the history, all of the rebellion, all of the apathy from everybody, and yet God still says, "I care about these people." I'm going to enter into their brokenness. I'm going to enter into their lives. I'm going to enter into your life, into your situation, because I care about you. And sometimes when we're reading through this story, because because we do know the end of the story, right? We do know that that Jesus was born and it was a big celebration and there's wise men that are going to come and the angels, we heard about the announcement. We know that Jesus becomes a man, that he's sinless and that he goes to the cross and he rises from the dead and that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We know all of that. And part of our celebration when we celebrate the birth of Jesus is because all of that of All that and more is in view. But think about what it was like for Mary and Joseph in that moment. Sometimes when we just slow down our reading a little bit and realize that this didn't all happen instantaneously. 
when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, think about that time when Mary finds out, realizes, begins to understand and contemplate in some way that she has become pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you begin to communicate that to people who are around you? Mary, I've noticed that you've been eating more crackers. Do you feel like you've got an upset stomach? Of some, are, are you pregnant? Well, yeah, you know, let me just tell you what happened. The Holy Spirit came down and descended upon me, and I am now getting ready to bear the Son of the living God who will save his people from his sins. How do you explain that to your parents? It's not like she's living in some gigantic city where she can just anonymously walk through the streets and carry the baby to term and never be noticed. She's living in a small village where everybody in her family knows what's going on in her life. How do you share this with the people in your life? How do you share this with your fiancé? Joseph, listen, I have some good news. We're going to have a son. Oh, I know, Mary, I'm really looking forward to the day that we're going to have children. I've been thinking about our relationship as we get together because, you know, our families have always known one another, and I've always seen that you're a wise and faithful young lady, and I'm just so looking forward to us building our lives together. I'm just thinking about what is it going to be like, going to, be like to be a dad? It's going to be a wonderful thing. Yeah, Joseph, uh, yeah, I know, and so uh, I'm actually pregnant now. That delivery of the message, how do you work that out? What's going on inside Joseph? The unexpected has happened in Joseph's life. The unexpected has happened in Mary's life. They thought their life was going to go a certain way. But now they're realizing that their life is going to go in a different way. How do you explain this? Just look at, with me for a, at verse 19. Just slow down a second. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man, was unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So we, we know that Joseph has to be reeling from this news, right? It's not just like, okay, because we, we know that the, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph, but there's this time, and we don't know how long this time is. Was it a matter of hours? Was it days? Was it weeks? We don't know. The text doesn't tell us. But there's some amount of time where Joseph has this information that his fiance, who has been betrothed to him, who has been promised to him in marriage, is now expecting a baby somehow. Before he finds out from her that when the, before the angel of the Lord visits him, there's this time. And so what's he doing? It says he resolves. He's considering what to do. And we get a little hint at the kind of character that Joseph has because Joseph and Mary and their families had made a deal. The deal was going to work out this way based on these requirements. And evidently, according to the information that Mary has now shared, the deal is going to be different. Because there's a new plan. And at this point, Joseph doesn't really understand or know how this plan or this new unexpected trial has come about, but he knows he has options. 
And what does it say that he decides to do? What does he resolve to do? Uh, To resolve means to consider, to question, to try to think through what your options are. He has options. What are his options? Well, one of his options, it says, is to not disgrace her, but to divorce her quietly. And we learn from the text that he's a just man, and so this is the option that he resolves to take. But what does that mean? He has other options, doesn't he? He could, if he chose, because essentially, according to the information that he has, Mary has uh, breached the contract, as it were. He has other options. He could divorce her not quietly. He could say, hey, everybody, guess what? We had a plan. You guys know us. This is the situation, but she broke the the contract, and so I'm going to divorce her publicly. He had the right to do that, to take that approach, because what would be done then is that Mary would be the one who would be ashamed because she was the one who had broken the contract, according to Joseph, because he doesn't have the whole picture yet. But instead, Joseph says he's going to divorce her quietly. What that means then, he is taking on some of the shame of the situation himself. But what does Joseph do? He's resolving. He's considering these things. See, when you least expect it, expect it. I mean, isn't just this the way that life is? When you least expect it, hey, it's a global pandemic. Hey, it's the Delta variant. Hey, it's the Omicron variant. Hey, Thanksgiving plans altered, Christmas plans altered, an unexpected pregnancy, an unanticipated divorce, the unanticipated death of a loved one, the loss of a job, the loss of a close friendship. These are the kinds of disruptions that are all too familiar to us, those of us who've lived for any length of time. The reality that life throws things at us that we do not anticipate. And those are just the big ones, right? How about the the daily interruptions and unexpected trials that we face when you have a plan for the day and someone interrupts that plan? When you have an agenda for what you're going to get done on this afternoon or this weekend and something happens to interrupt you, when someone disrupts your traffic pattern, the unexpected trial of not realizing what's coming How do we deal with those realities? How do we face those challenges? The question is not whether or not something unexpected is going to take place, but it's how do we deal with those unexpected realities, those difficult things that we encounter? How do we respond? Notice that what happens when Joseph is, when he's resolving what to do, when it says he resolved, that means you know that he's Certainly taking time to think through and to ponder and to consider, what are the options that I have? He's contemplating this, and he's wondering what to do. And verse 20 tells us something that happened, something amazing. But as he considered these things, as he was weighing out his options, he was getting his his, uh, charts together to decide, okay, well, should I do this? This is what could happen over here. This is what could happen over here if I decide to do this. As he considered these things, behold, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
in this moment of struggle, as Joseph is weighing what to do, the Lord appears to him. This is an encounter with the presence of God. That the angel of the Lord appears to him. And I love that the angel of the Lord says to him, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because you know, you know that in this situation, in this unexpected trial, Joseph is experiencing fear. What if I do this? What if I do that? What happens? And just like Joseph, we can identify with that reality. When there's an unexpected trial that occurs in our lives, there's a sense of fear. What's going to happen? How is this going to work out? Will things be the same? Will I be able to provide? Will I be able to work through this? Will I be able to get over this? All those feelings, which sometimes lead to fear, can rise up and creep up. And the, the angel of the Lord says, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. You guys have heard this before, but you know how many times in the Bible does it say, do not fear or do not be afraid? 365, one for every single day, one for every single day that we face challenges. God's daily bread for us, his provision for us, is that in the midst of the unexpected trial, whether it's big or whether it's small, is to not be afraid. It's to know that God's presence is with us, that we can encounter God's presence. And I think this is a really important thing for us to think about because we see that Joseph is weighing his options, and I think it's appropriate that we would use the wisdom and the experience that we have in life to try to address our problems. That's a good thing. But I think also this is an important reminder for us that as we face the unexpected trial, one of the things that we should be pursuing the most important thing that we should be pursuing is the presence of God. The presence of God, why? Because the presence of God reminds us of who we are and who God is in the midst of the unexpected trial. You know, there's a, there's a tendency for us simply to go to our techniques, to our coping mechanisms, to the things that we do to deal with stress or to our own solutions to certain problems, is to try to run and think, how can I figure this unexpected trial out? It's up to me to do this. Okay, I'm going to get this taken care of. All right, here's what we're going to do. Instead of quietly resolving and seeking the presence of God, because what happens when you encounter the presence of God in the midst of an unexpected trial is that you remember that God is with you, right? The presence of God, Jesus, Emmanuel, he is with us. We remember we're reframed in terms of uh, the challenge. We realize that God is sovereign over all history and that there's really nothing that we're facing right now that other people have not faced, that maybe you in your own life have faced something equally challenging or difficult, and you see that God has always been with you to see you through whatever unexpected trial it is that you're facing. And when we encounter the presence of God, we are reminded of that reality. We're also reminded of the truth that we're really not in control of anything. We have the opportunity to respond in certain ways, but there is no amount of planning that we can do for our lives to get everything just to work itself out the way that we want it to. And the presence of God reminds us that God is the one who is sovereign. He is the one who is working over all things through his purposes, for his sake, for his glory. And so that when we face the unexpected trial, when something happens that we aren't looking forward to or don't even like, we can then encounter the presence of God by saying, Lord, help me to see this reality from your perspective. What is it that you are wanting to do 
in me in this moment? What is it that you're wanting to accomplish in my life through this trial? How are you using the difficulty of the brokenness of this world to shape and form me to be the kind of person that looks to you first, even before I use the resources that you've given to me? That marks the people of God. That marks those who are maturing and growing in faith that we're seeking to encounter the presence of the living God in the monumental and in the mundane. And Joseph is given this encounter with the living God. I just want you to know that no matter what it is you're facing right now, this in-between season, after Christmas, New Year's, 2022, the challenge that you're facing, whether it's at work, whether it's in your family, whether it's from your past, whatever it is, the best thing that you can possibly do in it, in the midst of it, is seek the presence of the Lord. It's to say, Lord, remind me of who you are. Remind me of your glory and of your grace. Remind me that you came into this world, this life, for the purpose of renewing and restoring and healing and giving life to me as an individual, but to the world. That you, Lord, would be using challenges and difficulties not to harm your people, but to allow your people, to allow me to be reordered away from the things of this world, away from finding my life and meaning and accomplishing my goals and finding my life and meaning encountering you in your presence. And the good news is because of the incarnation, every single person in the entire world has the privilege of approaching the God of the universe. The God who reveals himself in his glory. The God who had so much power that he could become a person, live sinlessly, conquer sin and death through the resurrection and reign eternally. Every single person in the world has access to that God through the person of Jesus because he came. Because of Christmas. Because he enters into the unexpected trials. And so now I'm not saying don't use wisdom and get counsel from people and, and you know, read a book on how to handle stress. But I'm saying don't miss out on the best solution that you have to anything that you're facing, which is the presence of God. To take time to stop and to listen. To turn off the devices. To, to turn off the TV. To get quiet and to listen and to say, Lord, teach me through this trial. How do you want to work in my life? I just would encourage you to think through. You know, God has been faithful to you in the past, has he not? In the trials that you've experienced and the difficulties, if you were to look back on Christmas's past or, or for 2020, 21, or ever, 20 years ago, how has God been faithful to you? How has he revealed himself? Hasn't he sustained you and gotten you to this point? Yes, you've been through difficult things. Yes, you've been through challenges. And yet the Lord has always been with you. Is he not with you now as you face this challenge, as you come with this decision, as you're thinking about 2022? What's next for me in 2022? How do I live in the presence of God, not just in the moment when I'm gathered as the church, but in every moment of every day? How do I live in the presence of Jesus? Because you have that access. It's not just as you celebrate the big moments, but it's in every single moment. And so what does that look like for you? How do you do that? We see Joseph 
in a dream, the Lord appears to him. And watch what Joseph does. This is one of the things that I love about this story. The, the angel continues, uh, in verse 21, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place, and there's a, is a, a quotation of the Old Testament verse, and it says, When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. What's Joseph's response to the presence of God? He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. See, when we encounter the living God, whether it's through his word, whether it's through the beauty of his creation, whether it's another brother or sister who's walking alongside us, whether it's a prophetic voice that we hear that's consistent with scripture, when we encounter God, our response is obedience. We see this demonstrated from Joseph, right? He, he could have listened or seen the word of God that came from the angel of the Lord, and he could have said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. But think about what, had what would have happened to Joseph if he had not walked in obedience. He had this wonderful, beautiful opportunity to do what God said and to be essentially the, the, the earthly father in the lineage of Jesus to the Savior of the world and to see and to help this baby grow up. We don't know how long Joseph was alive while Jesus was alive, but we, he had this opportunity to invest in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What a privilege, and honestly, probably one of the easiest parenting roles that one could ask for, right? There's not a lot of discipline going on with Jesus, you know? But what a privilege it would be for Joseph because he said he did what Jesus, what the Word of God told him to do. And my friends, when we encounter the presence of God, when we, when we read through the scriptures, God is calling us to obey his word. First and foremost, because he's worthy of our obedience, because he's the Lord, and we should do what he tells us to do, but also because there's a benefit and a blessing and a joy in walking in obedience. So what is it that God is telling you to do? Man, I would hate it. I would hate it if God told you to do something that was consistent with his word and you didn't do it and you missed out on something glorious and something amazing because you didn't really believe him. So whether it's monumental, whether it's mundane, what is God telling you to do? What is he saying to you right now? And I would say to you, resolve in your mind and heart, write it down. It's too easy to be thinking, oh, I think God's saying this, and then going to lunch. Write it down and say, God, this is what I heard you say to me on December 26, 2021. I'm going to do it today or tomorrow. As I've encountered you in this room, as I've encountered you through these words, I know that you're speaking to me, Lord, that you love me so much that you would come and speak to me. The test of whether or not we really love and believe God is will we obey what he says? Will we do what he's asking us to do? And here's the thing, friends. Success is obedience. You can't guarantee any result. If there's a challenge that you're facing at work, simply because you do what God told you to doesn't mean that it's going to be a great job. When you're facing conflict within your family, simply doing the thing that God has told you to do that's consistent with his word is not going to guarantee that everything works out in that sense in your family. But that's not what you're supposed to do. 
God's not concerned with the results. He's asking for obedience. He's going to work out the results. If there's a person in your life that God has been saying to you, I want you to reach out to this person and to love them, to serve them, to pray for them, to have a conversation with them. You are called to do that regardless of how they respond. It's not about the results. It's about obedience. And when we see that, then we're free to obey because we don't have to get it right. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to solve the problem. We just say, Lord, I'm going to do the thing that you told me to do that's consistent with your word. And if you have a question about whether or not you should do it, you can ask somebody. I think this is what the Lord is telling me to do. And that person counseling you with scripture can say, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Do it. Tell me. But do it. So what's the thing that God is telling you to do? What's the plan that you have for 2022 to obey and to trust in Jesus. How are you encountering the presence of God? What are you thinking about for this new year coming up? What's it gonna look like for you to walk in the reality that Jesus wants to encounter you and that he's given you an encounter with him so that you can obey? You know, in the, uh, a few years ago, our church uh, began to think through, like, what does it mean for us to be a specific community in this place, in this city, and what's our role? And, and the vision that God gave to us was that we are called to mature God's people to serve a hurting world, right? And we've spent a lot of time unpacking that vision statement, maturing God's people, which is us, right? Maturing, growing, becoming more like Christ, living in the presence of Jesus, maturing God's people in order that we might serve a hurting world. And so we have these different value statements that contribute to that, right? We, we believe in authentic worship, and we want to be about intentional discipleship. We want to have a vibrant community. We want to be on joyful mission. And one of, the, one of those values that we want to live into in a more specific and intentional way in 2022 is earnest prayer. Earnest prayer. And when we were discerning what are the values that we have as a community, we realized that, yes, we pray, but we want to pray more. We believe that God is doing something in our midst, in our city, and he wants to use us, and we want to be in touch with that in a significant and powerful way. And so we're going to be about, in 2022, as a community, in different ways, growing in our desire and our ability to pray. And so I'm inviting you on that journey. That's what God has been revealing to me over these last few weeks as we think about a new year coming up. How can we be a people of prayer? Because guess what happens when we pray? We encounter the presence of God. If we want to know what should we be doing as a community, if we want to know what should we be doing as a family, as an individual, we need to be seeking out the presence of God. And one way to do that is to pray. So I'm going to invite you guys to join me in that, to, in, to uh, have our community be a community of prayer where we're really seeking the Lord to accomplish his purposes because, boy, isn't it a time when people need to encounter the presence of the Lord? With the division and the discouragement and the frustration that can be felt, isn't it wonderful to know that in the unexpected, the presence of God appears? that he's with us, that he's for us, and he has great things planned. <laughs> we don't know what they're going to look like. They may not look like great plans to us, but they're his plans. And so we want to embrace them and to live in them and to rejoice in them and to, and to live them out together as a community. So I'm inviting you to join with me and our elders as we seek to do that 
in 2022. But what's the thing that God told you to do? You got a piece of paper, find a pencil, write it down. Say, this is what the Lord told me to do. And tell me next week what happened. I can't wait to hear. Will you pray with me? Thank you for listening to this message from Woodland Presbyterian Church, maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please visit us at woodlandpres.org. Thank you very much, and God bless you today.